0: This is the last talk of today. I'm Federico Savasta. I'm part of the crypto team at Horizon Labs. And in particular, I am in the research part of the cryptography team. Today, I will talk about uh, uh, the process that brings from a computation integrity segment to Stark, passing from air, which gives the title of the presentation. And it is also the main part because it's the arithmetization we use. So we saw uh, from the zero-knowledge presentation some uh, elements, and we will expand one of them, which is the stack. So we we, we, we follow this uh, se- sequence of steps. The first one is uh, we have something that uh, is real, a computation. Uh, we have uh, a program that takes uh, an input its given an output, and we want to prove that what is done inside of that, that from an outsider is something which is a black box, is done correctly. To do that, we will follow different steps. The first one is to arithmetize, arithmetize the circuit, which means to convert what are the real constraints of the circuit to something which is polynomial. This is done because the proof we know for proving that um, are polynomial friendly. So it permits us to make it succinct, to have a unique expression for explain all the constraints inside all, all the computation. After that, the idea is to convert all these constraints, which are polynomial, to only one and prove that it is of low degree. In, uh, in the theoretical study of that, the research of that, we know that if the resulting polynomial is of low degree, all the constraints inside of it are correct. Where I will, I will explain better this, this stuff because it depends on some randomness that are, uh, doesn't come from the prover. This is the part where we are convinced that this is correct. And finally, all we did um, are put as an input to the star proof to prove that uh, the initial computational integrity statement was correct. So we will focus in all the uh, the four phases, starting from the first one. What is a computational integrity statement? A computation integrity statement is a statement about a correct computation, so we have an algorithm A, and we want to prove that on, on some inputs we will have y in a certain number of steps at most, that we will say T. We want to prove that the the, the algorithm did what what it say to to, eh, says to do. So. After an execution of the program, it will produce an execution trace. You can imagine that any execution can be described by a, a, a state that changes. So, suppose to have a state where each component is a register of the computation, it will take a step zero, an initial state S0, which have W elements, and at each step, the state is translated to a new one, this depends on the operation it does. Uh, and the last step, which is t minus 1, because we have t-step, and uh, started numbered with 0. We have the final state, OK? So the execution trace can be think as a matrix of uh, t-rows and uh, w-columns, uh, which describe a computation of the, the program. This is not the behavior of the program. This is the, the execution. So the real value, it, it assumes. So the values that are to satisfy the rules of the program. After that, the phase two is the uh, arithmetization. I said that on a paper which says says that arithmetization is the reduction of uh, computational problems to algebraic problems that involves low-degree polynomials of finite fields F. The idea is that, as I said before, to convert what is a computational problem to a polynomial structure because a polynomial structure is good for the final proof. Converting to a, a polynomial structure means also to change the, the world where we work, which, um, uh, uh, considering a problem, is a, um, a set of uh, strings, by, co- by strings, or we have binary representation. So we have also to encode these bytes on elements of finite field, which is an algebraic structure. So what we arithmetized what was the registers, the states, and in general, all the constraints of the, compu- the circuit or program. This is different in some contexts, but in, in our context, we can assume that a circuit is the program. Since in other contexts like ZKVM, it changes the meaning of these two elements. But I will not talk about ZKVM. This is tomorrow in another talk. So what kind of arithmetization we use? We use AIR, which stands for algebraic intermediate representation which is another type of uh, arithmetization of what we saw before, like uh, the arithmetization of Planck or N1CS. This is another way to do uh, arithmetization. So how does this work? We have on the left our execution trace, and we have to convert it to a polynomial world. So we can imagine to take the elements of times, the steps, 0, 1, e, t minus 1, to powers of some generator of algebraic group. So the idea is to think about a group which is a mathematical structure where in this context is cyclic. So we can imagine that there is only an element that multiplying it by itself gives to us all the other elements. You can imagine this like, uh, to have an idea, like a clock where 12 hours, and we can take, for, a, for example, the element five. If we add 5, we have 5, 10, 3, 8, etc. And we will take all the elements coming back to the starting one. So we can imagine a similar structure with G instead of 5, and the order instead of 12 is uh, 2 to the power of h minus 1. Why this? Because uh, if we have uh, some algebraic group which, uh, which has order a power of 2, sorry, 2 to the power of h, a power of 2, it is easy to do arithmetic there. We have an operation called a fast Fourier transform that permits us to interpolate polynomials inside of it, operate on them, and coming back to the evaluation. If we don't have a number which is two of the power of, of H elements, where H can be everything, we fit this this in the system But remember, a power of 2, we can add dummy, rule, dummy rows to the description of the program. So. At this point, we can imagine all the values that the states have as points of polynomials. So the first column is the first polynomial, the second column is the second one, and the last column is uh, the w polynomial, which are computed in the elements we put on the rows. So we can see this as polynomials described by their points and not by their formula. So we have uh, T points for each of the polynomials. Uh, this, uh, for, for having an example, we can take uh, the previous example of, about Fibonacci, uh, described in this way. We can uh, give the boundary constraints and the transitional constraints of this execution trace, which means I have the, po- the starting point of the, the program, the final point, and the rules of transaction. So we have to prove in, in brief that uh, from the real starting value, we reach the real uh, end value. We can describe this in this way as uh, statement. I want to prove that uh, in t steps, uh, we have the 80 elements of Fibonacci, where the rules of Fibonacci is take two starting elements, one and one, and other elements are computed summing the previous two. So we want to prove that we will reach the T element in uh, T plus one step. Uh, I put T plus one f- because I want the element on the right. And we have the starting point, which are F1 of one, uh, this is the notation step, but you can imagine this g to the power of zero. So one, g to the power of one, g to the power of two, et cetera. And we have that the first one is one. The first one in second row is one. The last one is the element we want to compute, which is a t. And finally, the transitional constraints. How we pass from a row to another one. So this is the rule. We have that we can, uh, since uh, we have that the steps are a power of g and the next one is the next power of g, we can write the movement between two rules as multiplied by g or multiply by the inverse of g, uh, that is divide by g. So if we have a line on its, we have that f1 of its, f1 or f2 of it, so if we sum them, we have f2 of g its. And the other one is that in diagonal they are equal because uh, for a structural way, be, be, since if it is, it is not, we can put here, uh, what we want. The reason why we wrote two rows is because we want a transition between two rows, because if we write only one uh, column, we, we have to consider three elements, three row consecutive rows. So what is air? This is the formal definition of R. It can be imagined as a tuple, which describes our circuit in some way, and that we want to satisfy. This is the, the definition given by Starkware in 2021, and this uh, adapted to the, the constraints because it's quite more general, but it's quite complex to, uh, to give the very formal definition of air. You can imagine as a tuple, so, and we want to satisfy this tuple. So in general, the problem is to use this tuple to describe our circuit, and, and see and improving that we know an assignment which is uh, how the columns are written to satisfy this, uh, this tuple. What does it mean? This tuple describes where we work the field, the field how many registers we have, how long it is the, the execution trace or the resulting execution trace. So the, the d log in base 2 is not uh, relevant. The number of rows is to the power of h. Uh, the maximal degree we consider for all the constraints, polynomial constraints we have. How many constraints do we have? Uh, of, the, of course, the, the description of the group where we put uh, the, all the real program to polynomial constraints. This is a set, I, which describes uh, the indices of the rows we consider. In, gen- in general, in their context, it's uh, the index of two consecutive rows. So we have two, des- two times the size of the number of registers to desc- describe a transition. And finally, the set of constraints that are the rules we have to satisfy in our execution trace at the end. Since if they are not satisfied, the execution trace is not valid. They are described as a set of constraints and the set where they are defined. If you look at the Fibonacci example, we have that, for example, we have three sets. The first constraint which is, uh, four sets, sorry. The first constraint which is uh, the first is equal to one in the first set defined only by zero. The second, in the same set, defined by zero. The third, in the the set, defined by seven. And the other, in the set, defined by all the steps until the end. These are four different sets to understand what I mean with QI and HI. In general, QI takes um, as an input in the end an assignment, which is the result of an execution trace we want to prove that satisfies these constraints. We are interested in satisfying an assignment because they are what satisfy the tuple A. So from now, we will consider something like that, which is an expression to say, if I put the assignment for each rows, uh, for each uh, which uh, each index, so each column, we have to satisfy QI. So it has to be zero, because the constraints are something like if zero is valid, it's not zero uh, if it is not valid. We have to satisfy each QI. In hi, we are not interested such hi because qi is defined in a, set, in a set hi. For now, we will consider this expression to uh, refer to all the elements that put inside qi uh, bring, uh, make it equal to zero. Uh, because, in general, in algebra, if uh, an element it's is a root of a polynomial, we know that this polynomial, is, uh, it's minus. Uh, lowercase it. sorry for the same notation, but it's a mathematical notation, divides the entire polynomial. So if we take every root of a polynomial, this product for each of the divisor is a divisor of this polynomial. Just uh, just thinking, for example, a polynomial of degree two, like, uh, uh, we can say its minus 3 multiplied by its minus 1 we know that these two are the divisor divisor of the, this product but at the same time 3 and 1 are also the ra- the roots this is the idea uh, At the end uh, we would put all of the constraints together which is this set and proving in only one uh, in only one polynomial the low degree such that uh, if this is true that means that polynomial resulting as low degree all of them are true. The reason why of that is because if this doesn't divide the polynomial where we sub- substitute these seeds, uh, we have a number of points that is uh, higher than a necessary point to have a certain degree. So in general, if we have a polynomial with uh, d roots, uh, the, po- the degree is at least d. If we have uh, at most d, the degree is almost d. It's uh, exactly d. So phase three, low degree testing. A low degree testing is a test to prove that a polynomial has a degree which is less than a certain bound, which is the bound of the system. This is technical. We don't give it to the details because it depends on the parameter we choose and what for, na- for us is a low degree. Maybe in some instantiation we, ho- we wo- want a very low degree, but this means that it's quite difficult to prove this. We can, uh, can require more repetition of the protocol. It depends on the, s- uh, the parameter we-, we choose. So main idea. The idea is that we have the constraints, the set where the constraints are defined, we put them together now, and we run a low-degree test, because if this pass, we have that all of the constraints are satisfied in the assignment of there, if or if this has a low degree, this is not exactly true because there is a probability that is not true. But In general, this is, this is true with a high probability because there is nothing, nothing perfect in cryptography. Because we can have a very, 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 very lucky prover that can pass a test like that, with, uh, giving uh, wrong values. But if this probability is 1 divided by 2 of the power of 100, for example, we can say that it is quite impossible. So, before going, uh, uh, going to the next phase, we have to say what is an interactive oracle proof. We say a first definition before in the previous talk. We give a more formal uh, description of this. An interactive oracle proof is a proof between a prover and verifier where there is an oracle access. An oracle is a theoretical entity. It's not real. You, you can imagine an oracle as a, as a tool to prove the security of a protocol. So an oracle can describe a function. In the, We say oracle for hash function, for example. In this context, in IOP, an oracle is like um, an entity that receiving a, a polynomial f permits to us, without revealing f, to receive the evaluation of f of a, in a point of our choice. So if I can ask to the oracle, can you give me the evaluation this it's, it will answer to me. In a real instantiation, an oracle can be taught as a polynomial commitment scheme in this contest, which is something like an operation that hides the polynomial in a way that it cannot be changed, but there is an opening protocol between approver prover and verifier that means to verify, after receiving the evaluation of certain points, that this is the correct value. So in brief, an interactive oracle proof is a normal protocol between usual protocol between a prover and a verifier, where this uh, this additional access to an oracle. And as I said, in a real non, we don't have an oracle, but we have a commitment scheme that is used by the prover, and then it can prove the validity of the points. After that, what is the low-degree test we use? We use the Fast-Red Solomon Interactive Oracle Proof of Proximity, which is uh, Called call free, or fry, fry in brief. This is a little different by an IOP because we have proximity. So in general, uh, this is true uh, defining a distance. So we don't prove that uh, a value is correct, but that a value is uh, close to a valid one. So in the test of low degreeness, we don't prove that, we, that our polynomial is of low degree, but that it is close to a polynomial of low degree having defined the distance, okay? Uh, we, uh, this is, the reason of this is that I think that we de- don't know to do that in a better way today. So starting from uh, the final part of arithmetization, we put together all the polynomials in a batch of one, we run free, and we see the low degree I- is true or not for the batched polynomial. As I said, the bottleneck is this of the closeness, so we have to accept it uh, with our parameters if we want that the parameters for now are, are good or not. After that, how free works. Free is divided in two phases, commit phase and uh, query phase. In the commit phase, we create the instance for the verifier. In the query phase, uh, we prove that uh, the evaluation the verifier received is correct, asking to the verifier to asking queries to the prover. So, the idea is take the original polynomial in a certain set where it is defined, uh, with a procedure which is technical, i don't describe it. Reduce this F0 to a new polynomial F1 in a set which is uh, half the size, such that F1 is of degree less than F0. The main idea uh, to understand uh, how this work is to think about uh, half, half the, the size of the domain and the degree. Because some, for example, use uh, A degree four for reduction. And do this until you reach a polynomial of uh, degree zero, or that is a constant polynomial. A polynomial that has has the same value in all the points. Or unique value, since uh, it depends also also in the domain, depends if they have the same size or not. The query phase work in this way. If you want a protocol which is secure, which has soundness, uh, and also zero-knowledge, and normally we rely on uh, random challenges of the verifier, so we need this part. The verifier chooses a challenge for the prover, to, uh, saying, prover, prove to me that this V is the, has the right evaluation. Since V is chosen in a very big set, the, the probability that prover passes this, ch- this check with uh, uh, without knowing uh, in uh, V before receiving it, uh, then when he cheats. it uh, is very low, very, very low. So V choose this value. He has access to the oracle because he remember remembered it is an IOP, received the evaluation of the first polynomial, which is uh, that one we want to prove as a low degree, in V and in, uh, in the opposite, and with them he can compute the next one of V to the power of 2 and can ask the oracle F1. I didn't say that he received an oracle of all the function in the previous steps. He can ask to the oracle the evaluation F1 in, in the opposite of V2 to the power of 2 and compute F2 V to the power of 4. In general, it's F index V to the power of 2 to the power of the index. At the end, with this uh, computation asking, here we have the last one. Now our sample is 5, so we have uh, the unique value for F5 V to the power of 32. If it is not equal to the commit one of before that was sent in by the prover, since he sent the commitment of everyone, but this is unclear because it's the only value, he uh, rejects the protocol. Uh, if not, he accepts. Quick uh, question. Since you can't absolutely reject the null hypothesis, how do you set the tolerance level? How do you establish the, uh, I will set the powers. Yeah. Uh, okay, in general, it depends on the application. You can think of it as uh, the main field where you work, which is to the power of uh, 250 seats, or something which is less, uh, you can extend it. And the domain where you take the function as 2 to the power of 20, which is something computable. So you can imagine this of uh, a starting domain of 2 to the power of 20, but uh, the choose of V is in the big set of 2 to the power of two five seats. It's a technical... Uh, Trick for cryptography, to have someness. Uh, and that, you uh, cannot be of the same size because All you right. cannot compute them. <laughs> okay. Second part of the final protocol we will see, I introduce it here, is the deep method. Okay, let's say for domain extension of our limita- eliminating pretenders. Since we will divide the, our polynomials, if you remember, by that Z polynomial, we cannot evaluate this division on the zeros of that polynomial because we cannot divide by zero. So the idea is to extend the initial uh, the initial domain, which is also the domain which reveals the real value on the trace of the circuit, the starting wire defined on H0, and uh, extend to D0 and use a coset of that. The verifier will choose the the challenges on this coset. This improves soundness because we have an extension, and at the same time, we avoid to divide it by zero. Uh, so because, uh, the prover, it's more difficult to prove prover to cheat, because if you have some trouble in the protocol, it's uh, a point of break or failure of the protocol. So the idea is to batch, give the composition polynomial of all the constraints, because uh, I didn't say what is this composition polynomial, but you think all the time we have constraints, we put all together in only one polynomial, and the first part is to prove or to to prove to the verifier or convince the verifier that this composition polynomial is exactly the composition of the constraints, first point. Second point, we have to prove that uh, they are not all equal, but the value inside of them are the correct one. So first part, check consistency between a polynomial batched and uh, the polynomial which composed them. And to do that, the verifier can ask for some queries ask some queries to the prover. The prover gives answer, and the verifier can check that the answer that he gave for the composition polynomial is equal to the composition of the values he gave to the constraints. If these two compositions are equal, the verifier is convinced that they are equal, but it is not enough because the prover can cheat when giving these values. So he can, can give it some consistent values. Then the second part is this one. Check the values. We will receive the image of some point of, uh, that he asked. We can call uh, it zero. All of these points uh, means, oh, oh, sorry, all this expression means that it's minus it's zero divides f its minus y, because if you put y to the other side, it's equal to zero. This is one of the um, summand. The verifier will receive this for all the constraints. So we have some expression like that that can be composed by all the, the pieces of this type and some part which randomized computed by the verifier so the prover can non-cheat. At this point, we execute a low-degree testing of jits. If it is true, they are all the real values. It is convincing. But there is also technical stuff about the standard field, but we can skip it. And finally, the IOP-start protocol, which is the last part, the proof. This, uh, this uh, IOPstarch uh, state for Scalable and Transparent Argument of Knowledge. And this is what proved that the initial computation integrity statement was true. If this proof passes, we are convinced of the initial execution of the protocol. If it doesn't pass, we know that the, the, uh, the proof it cheated. The, the idea of, of Starks is that this polylogarithmic in verification time, so it's like log to the power of some polynomial in, in some way, uh, which is uh, very fast. And the idea is that this is the scalability of the protocol, since so if the prover or the proof size grows, the verifiers remains, remains succinct and fast. Proving time is quasi-linear. It's uh, something more than linear. And finally, the transparency becomes, uh, comes from the fact that the verifier can reveal all the messages. So we don't need any trusted setup that gives uh, the messages for the verifier uh, because they are all, we say, public random coins. Because if we are interested in the random, we need something which is random since uh, we know that from cryptography, if some distribution is the right one, some assumption can be, can be broken. Finally, this is the, the more evil, evil part. We have... Uh, the protocol that takes uh, the instance we want to satisfy because I am the prover, I want to prove to the verifier that I know a valid assignment for A, and of course, all the auxiliary values for the sub protocol we use, fry, extension domain for the deep, etc., and the degree, maximal degree we can consider for the protocol. After that, we have a pre processing phase we, where we set the degree we want as a maximum. Then we have uh, the IOP, or commitment in a real sensation, uh, that gives to the verifier the commitment to to the polynomials, the columns of the the trace, which are evaluated in the coset of the ascended domain, so we can avoid to reveal the real values of the trace, which are in the domain H, H0 initial. After that, we do this. Take the polynomial constraint. This is where we put the assignment. Divide by the polynomial, since I said that if one of them doesn't divide the constraints, we, ha- we will have with high probability an high degree, because there is a theorem that says that if one of the polynomial combination is of high degree, all the combination with overwhelming probability in the choice of the randomness is of high degree. After that, we put all together in this QR. I didn't write the expression because uh, it's not so nice, but the idea is that we have a randomness multiplied by this, a randomness multiplied by this, all of them summed, and a correction degree to have the final polynomial of the same degree on all the parts. After that, there is the consistency check. This is the part two of three, where remember that our verifier doesn't know the real assignment The prover wants to prove he knows the real assignment, a valid assignment, but he cannot reveal. So the prover computes the QR of before in the assignment, which has an expression as a polynomial in its. Remember that Q is a polynomial in more than two variables. This is a vector, this is a variable. Now it's a polynomial in only one variable, where R depends on the choices of the verifier. This is the randomizer part of the verifier, which permits the prover to don't cheat. After that, the prover knows the expression and can compute a set of polynomials. This is a technical part, but this combination has the right degree to don't overcome the d degree of the system. Can, can give our oracle access to this polynomial to the verifier. And this is the, pa- the first part of DIP. Consi- uh, the consistency that the combination of them is equal to the composite polynomial. For doing this, the verifier asks for a point, and the prover sent to him, the evaluation of uh, the PI, in the, of course, in the two rows, because they, uh, they are indexed uh, in two consecutive rows, because we cannot send all the element of the trace, uh, too expensive, gives the values, the evaluation of this PI, which are the assignment the, uh, polynomial, in all the points with the, ch- the verifier challenge, and of the new polynomial, he can put them together uh, inside the QR, and obtain a value, and then take the expression of the PI that gives QR and put inside the other values given by the, the prover. If this pass, we have consistency. I remember that the second part is check the values. So we have to compose all these constraints, as I said before in the deep method, run a free protocol in the GET, which is this composite polynomial, and run free on that if the, random, uh, with the randomness of verifier of free and the answer of the deep-prover. If this pass, and if the free protocol passes be a uh, QR, sorry, was validated by the prover answer, the verifier will accept. And this is done. If this pass, we have that the initial uh, algorithm on input its gives output epsilon in t steps. Because the size c is uh, on the size of the h statement, this hidden there. Even there. And I finished. If you have a question, you can ask me.